the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is WWTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Powered by Advantage Homebuyer. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Trump supporters gathering near the White House over the weekend to show support for the president in his legal challenges to the election results. The story from Bob Agnew. A week after a media outlet's called the race for Joe Biden, thousands of Trump supporters converged on the nation's capital to protest the election results and voice their concerns a vote in some states may have been stolen. The president claims a contest in several states was marred by irregularities, even outright ballot fraud. The legal challenges are expected to drag on for several weeks. Meantime, Joe Biden continues work on assembling a cabinet on the assumption he'll be moving into the White House in January. Bob Agnew, Washington. Poll workers in some states who came into contact with voters election day reporting they have tested positive for the virus. Public health officials. This is SRN News. Hugh Hewitt explains why all eyes are on Georgia. Let me tell you what depends upon those Georgia Senate races. If both of them are won, the Supreme Court will not be packed. The United States military will not be defunded. There will not be socialized medicine. There will not be a Green New Deal. There will not be an absurd bailout of the deep blue states and a, a hundred other things if Purdue and Leffler win. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 5 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. The closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network continues for one more hour here on a Sunday on The Patriot. Glad you're with us just after 2 o'clock. Every weekday morning, you hear the daily Pledge of Allegiance from a veteran first responder right here on The Patriot. It's made possible with support from White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC. If you're a vet or a first responder and you'd like to recite the pledge, give Mike a call, 651-289-4418. That's Mike at 651-289-4418. Gradual clearing this afternoon, down to 26 and mostly clear overnight. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280, The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast. We'd like to call the closer, second hour. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to reach out via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, a lot of callers at first hour, which is a good problem to have because it means uh, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, subject matter I wanted to get to in the first hour, 
but I'm able to push off the second hour. So it's all good, and we appreciate the enthusiastic callers calling in. Obviously, uh, as long as the uh, matter is uh, is still litigated and in the courts re- regarding the presidential election, that is, people are going to be paying rapt attention. So we appreciate that. Uh, I did want to get to this piece. I did mention it last hour, and I do want to get to it this uh, uh, f- uh, next hour. Is, of course, all of the calls from, well, last weekend, Vice President or uh, President-elect Joe Biden and uh, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris called for unity, we need to heal. And, of course, Michelle Obama put out a couple of tweets. And in the one tweet where she talks about unity and healing, she proceeded to call out the 70-plus million Trump voters who wanted to continue their racial status quo, or however she put it. Okay, Um, and David Harsani at the Daily Signal wrote a piece entitled, and it encapsulates it perfectly, the calls for unity are really calls for capitulation. Because, look, I I get it. Trump was a divisive figure. Trump was full of a lot of bluster during his press conferences. But what these people don't understand, and we've heard from some of our callers, is that this is what this is what they wanted from Trump. Yeah, they 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 loved his policies, and he was finally standing up like a lot of uh, his fellow Republicans failed to do so in their in their uh, presidential administrations. Trump was actually following through on a lot of his agenda items, particularly when it came to uh, taxes, uh, you know, immigration, specifically the border, uh, the trade deals, what have you. And he was following through. And people like that. And people also like the fact how he hit back at a media that is just so nakedly biased. And that's what people liked about him. And if you fail to understand that, then you're going to you're going to continue to get someone like a Trump going forward. And he he was almost reelected. You know, despite everything that's happening, you know, despite the fact that the COVID pandemic hit and 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 the stock market unemployment rates uh, went sideways, but then they but then it was recovering and uh, and his approval rating was below fifty percent. Yet he was almost reelected. Okay, and when you fail to understand that, you're unfortunately going to get the same thing over again. And when this these calls for unity, people aren't going to be interested in that because you were. Because there were people who voted for Trump. And and by the way, the secret Trump voter was still a thing in 2020 because I think it was I think it was a Trafalgar polling service. I think that I think. Yeah, I think it was Trafalgar, Trafalgar, however you pronounce it. They're the only polling service that really got it close and they were close. They thought they said Trump would barely win and he and he barely lost. I mean, they were well within the margin of error. They said, whatever you Whatever polling shows Joe Biden ahead in some of these key swing states, add 2%. Maybe it wasn't Trafalgar. Maybe was, no, I, I know who it was. Eric Erickson, conservative radio host, was, and, and again, this was just anecdotal conjecture, what have you, but he he's well-connected, and he said pe- pollsters he, were t- he was talking to indicated to him, add on 2% for the shy Trump voter, secret Trump voter, whatever you wanted to call him, because... These people liked his policies. They liked the fact that he was serious about you know about tax reform, which was passed at the end of 2017. The stock market was humming along uh, wonderfully during the, for the most part, during the during the Trump years. Uh, the unemployment rate 
was was at an all time low. I mean, real wages were were increasing for the first time in a long time. People were benefiting economically, and as much as they didn't like Trump, and as much as they were they felt they would have been browbeaten had they even showed tacit approval for Donald Trump. They were hesitant to say say as much, but they could exercise their vote, and they did. And again, he almost won re-election as a result. So my point is, if these people were so, for lack of a better word, timid to convey that they support Donald Trump and we're going to vote for Donald Trump, uh, how do you think they're going to take your calls for unity? I mean, you, you basically rhetorically beat them into submission to where they didn't feel like they could come out and, and, and support Trump. And it wasn't just it wasn't just over the fact that they could possibly be browbeaten. It's that you have people coming out. Well, look at these blacklists. Mitch talked about in his show yesterday, these blacklists, this this group that called the Trump Accountability Project. Anybody who ever showed approval or worked in the Trump administration or helped the Trump administration, their name was going to go on a list. And any future employers were going to know where they stood politically. So can you understand why when you reach out to people like, well, now that now that uh, President Trump is not going to be in the White House for another four years, let's, let's, let's all come together. Let's unify. Can you understand why people are basically going to tell you I could better keep it clean here to go pound sand do you understand because if you don't you're just going to be learning the same difficult lessons over and over again again David Arsani at the Daily Signal uh, political unity is an ugly authoritarian idea no free place has domestic political unity nor should it aspire to it what unity really means of course is capitulation America is once again being subjected to the inane brand of pseudo-patriotic sloganeering we saw during President Barack Obama's tenure. Now, as then, the media will pretend that the moral fabric of the nation must be mended after Republican rule. It's pretty transparent. When Democrats win the presidency, we are treated to solemn calls for national restoration and political harmony and to the expectation that, for the good of the nation, the opposition will embrace decorum and pass any legislation they oppose. When Republicans win election, win elections, grown women put on knitted hats depicting their reproductive organs and stomp around Washington protesting, all to a hero's welcome. Time magazine, the same publication that helped erode trust in our electoral system with conspiratorial, conspiratorial covers of the White House morphing into the Kremlin, now offers a commemorative cover featuring Joe Biden and Kamala Harris with the words, A Time to Heal. Unlike some of our progressive friends, I don't believe in enemies lists or censorship, so my healing process is simple. It involves playing whatever small part I can in extinguishing the political fortunes of those who want to weaken the Constitution. I'm not at all interested in finding accord with those who want to overturn the Hyde Amendment, thereby making late-term abortion a state-funded practice, or with anyone who wants to re-engage without any genuine preconditions with Holocaust-denying terror regimes such as Iran, or with anyone who wants to further socialize our health care system by adding a public option. Like many others, I find disunity quite therapeutic. I suspect that in a few weeks, political polarization will once again become an existential crisis of American governance. My favorite post-election headline came from the social scientists at Pew Research Center who informed us that the 2020 election reveals two broad voting coalitions fundamentally at odds. Two broad coalitions, you say? Fundamentally at odds? What are the chances? 
Michelle Obama says we can overcome our divisions, but that Democrats must first remember that tens of millions of people voted for the status quo, even when it meant supporting lies, hate, chaos, and division. She suggests that there is a lot of work to do to reach out to these folks in the years ahead and connect with them on what unites us. You want to know what unites us? It's looking out for our family's best interests. I don't automatically assume that every single progressive uh, does things just for raw political power. A good number of them do, but every single one of them, I, I think they suspect that they support you know, Democrat politicians because they believe that they can. these Democrat politicians can deliver policies that will be good for their families. And you know what? I think that way when I, cons- when I support conservative politicians in that they stay. But as a conservative, my goal is for government to be as inconsequential as possible, you know, just kind of manage the, day, the, the day-to-day things. You know, I, I mean, like obviously strong defense, strong military, and infrastructure, you know, keeping our roads and bridges maintained, that sort of thing. Government, I don't want gov- government to have any say-so in what what causes I give my money to or about my health care, things like that. Government has no place in that. They have no expertise in that. And I want them to stay away. So this idea is unity. It's like, well, if if by unity you mean that we have civil discourse, you know, where we can have disagreements, but we can be civil in our disagreements, I'm all for it. Raise my hand right here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Dennis Prager brought this up on a show a week or two ago where, remember the old mantra is like, I disagree with what you say, well, I, but I will defend your right to the death to say it. That's gone. That's here and gone. Hence, cancel culture. Hence, if you, if you have a thought that the moral arbiters or moral betters or deemed moral betters seem objectionable, you're going to be called out. And they're, going to, and they're going to inform your employers about your dangerous thoughts. So if that's what you mean by unity, it's like, okay, you, you, you had your fun four years under Donald Trump where you could run amok and say whatever you want on Twitter and, and everything else, but now it's, it's time to come together and, and, and heal. So what specifically do they mean by unity? If it means capitulation, count me out. Because I'm not going to be silent about policy initiatives I disagree with. And by the way, Joe Biden probably won't make it through four years of his presidency, so Kamala Harris will be elevated to president. Aren't you looking forward to that time again where disagreeing with a uh, a president uh, uh, of color is going to be deemed racist? You know, because I don't want the government to run every every aspect of my life, every avenue of my life, like, uh, like health care. And... Uh, and overtax the producers and give them to the non-producers because I object to that? I must be a racist? You know, I've never understood the logic uh, to that because if our president were a a white guy, I would suddenly be all good with higher taxes and them having uh, a say over so many key aspects of my life? So you think think it's the the finger-wagging is... in mass right now, just wait till Kamala Harris is elevated to president. If Joe Biden doesn't make it through his first full term, well, he's only he's signaled that he is only interested in one term anyways. But suppose Joe Biden's out after a year or two and Kamala Harris is, is president. You, you you think the condescension is on off the rails now. Just wait till then. They won't flat out and say, well, you can't disagree with our first uh, female uh, uh, 
commander-in-chief and a, and a minority female at that. I mean, the inter, the the intersectional scorecard is off the charts there. I'm sorry. If you don't support causes or if you don't advocate for causes that I believe in, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you. And I can be civil about it. So again, you spent 4 years trying to delegitimize President Trump and listen to Mitch's podcast from yesterday. Now all these blacklists were coming out putting people on lists saying, yeah, we're going to remember who uh, who, who uh, uh, enabled Trump, who supported Trump, who worked in his administration. Yeah, um, hope, you, hope you like your uh, career because you may not have it too much longer once we form, inform your employer uh, who you worked for or what you supported. Yeah, sorry, count me out. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in unity with those people. I am not the least bit interested in trying to hurt my political opponent and their livelihood, because they disagree with me on policy. Not interested in that. And if you are, can't be unified with it. Sorry, not doing it. So, uh, you know, again, David Harsani spelled this out beautifully in this particular piece. And I thought I thought the very same thing. when I caught, with the rhetoric. And by the way, I'll, I'll wrap up real quick with this point. You know, he alluded to how Barack Obama talked about, you know, we got to come together, we got to heal, yada, yada, yada. You know, because because Bush was labeled like the evil incarnate. And now how some of these same people who labeled Bush as as a Bush Hitler, you know, or smirking chimp, all these nicknames they had for George W. Bush. Now, all of a sudden, if George W. Bush just gives tacit disapproval to the Trump administration, all of a sudden he's held up as the moral arbiter. Okay, so. Quad era demonstratum. That's what they mean by unity. They're willing to embrace someone that they think is on their side. And you can be sure that the people who supported Trump this election, uh, again, I'm not calling for them to you know, enact violence like Antifa or anything like that or the, uh, these other far-wing kook left groups. Okay? Not... Not advocating for that, but civil disagreement on policy, yeah, I'm going to continue to do do that. And if that's not being unified, oh well. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, the Colts are coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. access to intelligent talk stream am 1280 the patriot with our free app your smart speaker or with iheart tune in and radio.com we live in the twin cities but serve worldwide hi this is pj from pj's appliance outlet your local family-owned and operated appliance store no matter where you live in the twin cities pj's is worth the drive we're centrally located in plymouth Just this past month, we've had satisfied customers from Maple Grove, St. Paul, Minneapolis, Eden Prairie, Bloomington, all over the Twin Cities. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores by simply providing over-the-top customer service, great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. 
You can save hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars on brand new warrantied name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers, dishwashers and freezers, top brands like LG, Frigidaire, and much more. Come visit our showroom today and ask for PJ, Bob, or Jake, or visit our website at pjsapplianceoutlet.com. That's pjsapplianceoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. Are you struggling with a high cost of prescription medications? How would you like to save up to 90% on your medications and have them delivered for free? Now you can with one simple call. Yes, save up to 90% on many of your prescription medications by calling A-plus BBB-accredited healthwarehouse.com based in Florence, Kentucky. No gimmicks, no coupons, no cards to use. And all prescriptions are FDA-approved and safely sent to your home with free delivery. Here's one example of your savings. A 90-day prescription of generic Lipitor can cost $90 at your local pharmacy. Healthwarehouse.com offers the same medication for about 20 bucks. Find out how much you can save on your prescription medications and get free delivery with one free call right now. Call 800-497-9632. 800-497-9632. 800-497-9632. That's 800-497-9632. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 The Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. You listen every day. I never miss it. So now it's time for you to join the conversation. Who, me? Like AM 1280 The Patriot on Facebook and share your thoughts with like-minded conservatives. You can also enter to win prizes, learn about upcoming events, and more. Welcome back. AM twelve eighty the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Hey folks, uh, have you heard about the third annual Christmas Mortgage Miracle? Well, the Christmas Mortgage Miracle is back, and we're looking to pay your rent or mortgage for all of next year. Now you can enter to win once a day at AM twelve eighty the Patriot.com, so to be sure to check in daily at the Freedom Fan Club page. Now with the money you save, you can uh, you could take a long family vacation, contribute to a college fund, invest it, or maybe put it towards that home renovation you've been thinking about for years. Again, go to AM twelve eighty the Patriot.com to check that out. The Christmas mortgage miracle is brought to you by Tom Matiney of New American Funding. Uh, continuing with uh, our subject matter, I want to get to some local issues uh, after talking a lot of national stuff the first uh, several segments. Uh, say, do you remember when the uh, Minneapolis uh, City Council was looking to uh, defund the its de- police, de- police department? Good times, good times. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit, but I, I do want to... Uh, talk about some more election aftermath, particularly within the context of how some state DFLers not too pleased with the Minneapolis City Council doing what they feel is torpedoing their opportunity to take control of the Minnesota Senate. Because right now the DFL had uh, they had a significant majority in the in the Minnesota House. They maintain that majority 
uh, after Election Day, despite a net loss of five seats. However, uh, the Republicans had a 35-32 majority in the Senate. Uh, They lost a net of one seat, so the Republicans still hold a razor-thin majority. But the Democrats felt very confident that they were going to be able to take over the Minnesota Senate, thus have complete control of state government with the House, Senate, and, of course, the governor's office, and then completely control redistricting that takes place in a little over a year. Uh, But that did not happen. And this is a story from Brianna Bierschbach and Liz Navratil of the Star Tribune. Centrist Democrats struggling to understand their losses in state and federal elections that were expected to be part of a blue wave are putting some of the blame on the defund the police movement that began in Minneapolis. Even as Joe Biden won the White House, Democrats in swing districts across the country were hammered with attacks, tethering them to calls within the Minneapolis City Council to begin the process of ending the Minneapolis Police Department following the killing of George Floyd. President Donald Trump and Republican candidates nationwide immediately seized. Oh, there it is. Republicans pounce or seize. A lot of pouncing and seizing by those Republicans. Uh, Republicans immediately seized on the mantra of defend the police, juxtaposing the imagery of fewer cops patrolling the streets with burning buildings during civil unrest following Floyd's death. South Carolina U.S. Representative Jim Clyburn, the Democrat House Majority Whip, compared the defund slogan to the burn, baby, burn chants of the 1960s that helped propel Richard Nixon to the White House. On election night, Republicans chipped away at a Democratic majority in both the U.S. House and the Minnesota House. Senator Jeff Hayden, a DFL out of Minneapolis, noted that Biden won in a half dozen state Senate districts that DFL candidates lost. He thinks the ill-formed rollout of the council's proposal to reshape policing was part of the reason. Senate Republicans maintain a one-vote majority in the chamber. Everybody's words and the way they message, that matters, said Hayden, who lost a primary race in August to Democratic Socialist opponent Omar Fatah. If we're going to win legislative races, we're going to have to figure out how to appeal to some of these folks because clearly they switched their ballot from the top of the ticket to the bottom. Well, here's the thing. These ads were effective because, well, they were true. You had the Minneapolis Police Department under siege in the aftermath of George Floyd dying in their custody. I understand that. And there has been talk of reforming the police department for some time. But the problem is, this is what happens when you get a bunch of far-left, granola-crunching activists that actually have to make decisions. And, well, first of all, they gain electoral, you know, they win races, they, they get elected to office, and then have to make real-world decisions. It all sounds great when you're marching in the streets with hundreds of thousands of people, or how many ever, you know, at the height of these social justice protests. But when you have to actually make real-world decisions that affect your constituents, guess who you're going to hear from when these decisions don't go well? You're going to hear from the constituents. And they're not going to be happy. And they made them they made themselves heard very loudly and very clearly that the response times to some of their 911 calls were significantly lagging. And as a result, they're realizing, well, first of all, the public, when surveyed, never were for uh, defunding police, getting rid of the police force. They were never for that. 
And even the you you remember the famous line, uh, Minneapolis City Council uh, President Lisa Bender, who by the way just recently indicated she's not running for re-election next year, so she's she's bailing out of this. Probably has a local or lucrative social justice gig awaiting her. You know, she she based, she was on CNN when someone asked her that very question. You know, Councilwoman, someone calls nine one one when there's a violent crime taking place. Sometimes time is of the essence. You know, w- w- what would people do if they call nine one one and and there's no police? What what would that look like? And she basically was dismissive of it. Say, well, you got to understand that people calling nine one one and expecting police response. Well, that comes from a place of privilege because because. Minority communities calling the police, well, that isn't that isn't very advantageous for them. So very dismissive of the concerns. And that didn't go over well, obviously, with the constituency. And then, to make matters worse, shortly uh, shortly after that, within a uh, probably, gosh, couple, three weeks after the uh, that appearance on CNN, uh, um, Minnesota Public Radio had a story about a, a about a um, newly elected council member of Ward Six, Jamal Osman, saying, uh, "You know, residents are asking where are the police here," and Lisa Bender essentially goes and throws them uh, throws them under the bus, basically saying that the reason that police the response times are slow is that the police officers are resentful that their job is being threatened and that the department is being threatened to be taken away. Well, leave aside the fact that there is no substantiation or no evidence of that whatsoever. Could you blame them for being a little off put by saying, Hey, we want you to go away. We want you to get rid of your job. But while you're still here, I know you're severely overworked because a lot of people are leaving the profession or a lot of people are taking early retirement because of the bad publicity we're heaping upon you. But but, but, but could you kind of speed up the response times a little bit when the personnel just isn't there? And so what does the Minneapolis City Council do last week in response to this? Surprise! They vote to actually invest in bringing in outside personnel to kind of backfill some of these positions. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Bob is on line one. Bob and Shoreview. Bob, if you want to hang during the break, I promise I will take your call first thing when we come back the next segment. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. It's the final day to save $1,000 on the Queen Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, now $17.99. Plus, special financing ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Hi, I'm Karen, owner of Lone Star Transfer. If you are a timeshare owner, getting out is probably a top priority. And now that annual maintenance fees are coming due, this ongoing burden and expense is at the top of your list. Thankfully, we can help. Let us do for you what we have done for thousands of others across the country. Our process is done legally, ethically, and quickly. Lone Star Transfer has a 99% success rate and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. We are a family-owned business and will personally make sure your experience is a pleasant one. 
Don't let another day go by with maintenance fees taking your hard-earned money. Give us a call for a no-obligation consultation at 844-284-4863. That's 844-284-4863. Or online at LoneStarTransfer.com. That's LoneStarTransfer.com. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Hi, John Wichko here. As the owner of Advantage Auto Glass, I'd like to invite you to finally get that chipped or cracked windshield fixed right the first time. Here are just some of the advantages of using Advantage Auto Glass. Advantage number three, we're a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. Advantage number four, we have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, and that's hard to achieve. Advantage number five, we use only the highest quality parts and adhesives. So just tell your insurance agent you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass. Or better yet, call us direct and we'll handle it for you. Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396. 952-423-6396. And we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. And don't forget, you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Hey, welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show for any comments or questions. As promised, we want to get to Bob's call. Bob has been waiting patiently on line one. Bob, go ahead. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, yes, my uh, two uh, brief points are relevant more to the first segment of this hour. Um, unity doesn't require uniformity, where we are made into a you know a bunch of clones, brainwashed to think exactly alike, kind of like the uh, old Apple commercial uh, computer commercial of you know the 1984. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we can be a, a one united nation made up of many different kinds of people. And my second point is. This name Antifa, isn't that name a joke? Yes. People acting like fascists, calling themselves anti-fascists. Yep. I mean, it's like uh, the the Ministry of Truth in 1984, the ones that were spreading propaganda <laughs> yep. called the Ministry of Truth. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff as always, Bob. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah. That and th- and that's my, you know, that's my point is that you know you get some of these simpletons. They're like, well, Antifa. Well, that mean that's short for anti-fascist. They're against fascism, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And 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 even dumber is like is all these people on social media is like, oh, that's it. You know, in response to Trump uh, losing re-election, we voted out the dictator. You don't vote out dictators. That's not how that works. So this idea that you're against fascism, well, guess what? If we were really living under some sort of fascist society, you wouldn't be able to call it out now, would you? So, yeah, people are just, 
they need to read a book. That's all I'll say. But uh, continuing with the Minneapolis, uh, city of Minneapolis, I found the quote. Uh, this was from last fall, Council President Lisa Bender, uh, who was among those leading the call to overhaul the police department, suggested that police officers were being defiant. Her constituents say officers on the street have admitted that they're purposely not arresting people who are committing crimes. Uh, that's a very that was a very damning charge, and again, that's just conjecture. These are these are constituents saying this, but at the at the same time, when you had the mayor as well working actively as well as some city council members outlawing certain uh, with certain techniques in keeping a suspect in custody or a perpetrator in custody. Yeah, that's probably going to cause some hesitance from some of these officers as well, because all it requires is a camera phone. You know, everybody has a everybody has a has a smartphone now with a camera on it, a video camera, and you could just start rolling at any point. And if an officer is looking to do something nefarious, or if an officer is engaging in what you deem questionable conduct, and it woefully lacks context, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna put the city under siege again. So this idea that the officers were being defiant just to get back at the city council, I don't know if that was quite accurate, but nevertheless, that was a charge Lisa Bender made. Well, uh, last Friday, this whole defund the police mantra came around. Uh, it did, did a complete 180. Uh, this is uh, from the Star Tribune, Liz Navratil again. Minneapolis officials plan to bring in outside law enforcement officers to help amid a shortage but the new terms might not form in the way initially expected. A divided city council on Friday approved nearly half a million dollars to contract with the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office and Metro Transit Police for extra officers. Together, they would work on joint enforcement teams responding to 911 calls or targeting hotspots for violence around the city. But Metro Transit Police do not have the capacity to provide additional resources to the Minneapolis Police Department, according to a statement from Terry Driesen, a spokeswoman for the Metropolitan Council. Driesen said Metro Transit Police will continue to work with Minneapolis in other ways. Hennepin County Sheriff David Hutchinson said he is open to providing help for Minneapolis, but he said logistics need to be sorted out first, such as the hours the officers would work and the reimbursement rates. We have to have some sort of agreement. There's so much stuff to happen before we can commit, he said. But again, I'm open to helping anybody within the county, any agency that needs help. It's been a tumultuous year for the Minneapolis Police Department, with some people pushing to abolish it after George Floyd's death and others asking for more officers amid a wave of violent crime and a staffing shortage. About 500 people have been wounded by gunfire this year, and more than 70 have been killed. John Elder, a spokesman for Minneapolis Police, said their agency is sympathetic to the staffing concerns at the Metro Transit Police Department. We understand and respect their bandwidth, and we want to make sure that they don't overcommit and that we support them in all their initiatives, which are great, Elder said. He said Minneapolis Police will try to form the teams and could look to a different agency to join the mix. And by the way, um, let's see. uh, Yeah, voting in favor of the proposal. Uh, Council members Kevin Reich, Jamal Osman, Lisa Goodman, Alondra Cano, Andrew Johnson, uh, Linnea Palmasano, and Andrea Jenkins. Voting against it were Steve Fletcher and, surprise, Keith Ellison's kid, Jeremiah Ellison. 
Cam Gordon, Felipe Cunningham, Lisa Bender, and Jeremy Schroeder. So, Lisa Bender, the Minneapolis City Council president, who is saying calling police is a point of privilege, and then when police officers are basically their the their their public relations are just being torn to shreds by their own people, are taking early retirement, maybe going to a different career altogether. All of a sudden, Lisa Bender is accusing them of uh, being defiant by not arresting violent criminals. And she votes no on this. And I find it interesting. uh, And by the way, these real world consequences I was talking about last segment, you know, when they vote to defund the police and how that has consequences on the constituents and and stuff they they don't think about. This they don't they're immune from them. Urban progressive privilege, which Mitch Berg dubbed as a phrase, it's real because they're immune from the real world consequences because it was it, it was learned last summer that uh, Philippe Cunningham, Andrea Jenkins, and Alondra Cano each contracted some private security to protect them in the midst of these ongoing council meetings, and they did so, and they used them where it was just under the threshold dollar threshold where they had to release the information publicly. But Channel 9 News, and kudos to Fox 9 News for their investigative reporting team for finding this out. Turns out between the three of them, they utilized a little over $150,000 of private security. But they can go ahead and defund the police. Okay, we're taxpayers who are paying for this public good. It's not a privilege. Okay, th- that was another insulting aspect of that. When Lisa Bender said, "Well, calling nine one one, expecting police protection." Well, that's that that's privilege. Well, they're paying for it. Their tax dollars go to public safety, don't they? So that's hardly a privilege. That's something that they're actually paying for. But yet, how, and yet they use ta- three members of the council use taxpayer dollars to contract private security, and they do and they do it up to the point where they would have to start reporting the amount publicly because the $152,000 was just below the threshold. I'm not sure what the threshold was. I think it was maybe $155,000, $160,000 before it would have to be reported publicly, and then the public would find out about it. And then the public might be understandably a little agitated because you're telling them, well, calling police is all about privilege, but but we here in the council, we're, we're exempt from, from, the, uh, from the rules that we set for you peons. You know, we can, we're... You know, we're the upper crust. We're urban progressive privilege, don't you know? We can contract out private security. So this was just this was just a big shaving cream pie in the face to all of them, and it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of folks. I got to be perfectly perfectly honest with you. And, and something that I've been emphasizing for quite a while in 2021, Mayor Fry, as well as all 13 council members, are up for reelection. Well, Lisa Bender has already indicated she's not running for reelection. So Minneapolis deserves better. I've been maintaining Minneapolis deserves better. But if you vote in the same ilk in 2021, that phrase is out the window. Because then you get what you deserve. No? And just this is just a stunning reversal. I mean, not only did it potentially undermine candidates running at a national level as well as a state level, you couldn't even hold to it yourselves. And this is what we talk about, you know, in the aftermath of a of a mass shooting. When we talk about, you know, we want to extend our thoughts and prayers and take time to, 
you know, figure out all the all the facts and what happened before we react. But whenever there's a mass shooting, it's like gun control. Got to seize the guns. Got to get the guns. Thoughts and prayers aren't enough. This is only going to be solved by the action of a of, of big, powerful government. You know, take your thoughts and prayers and stick them where the sun don't shine. That's typically that's typically the reaction you get. Well, this is why we talk about thoughts and prayers is because when a highly emotionally charged incident takes place, the worst thing you could do is just give off an emotional reaction. Well, that's it. We're going to start going go, going door to door and get all the guns if we have to. But we're getting the guns. And Beto O'Rourke, when he was running for president, hell yeah, we're going to take your guns. Okay? Joe Biden's website says that basically he's talking about that very thing. Kamala Harris, when she was running for president, and she may soon be president, said during the presidential campaign, if Congress doesn't act within 100 days of my administration, I will take action on guns. So my point in bringing all this up, we saw the awful video of George Floyd dying in custody of Minneapolis police. Terrible, awful, heartbreaking, angering, confusing, outrageous, all emotions. But instead of taking some time to take in all the facts and figuring how best to address what was something that has already been talked about, which was police reform, defund the police. Defund the police. It was an emotionally charged decision, and you couldn't stick to it because it wasn't it was negligent. It was too much. It was too much. It wasn't tenable at all. And this is what we this is what we mean by saying take a step back and figure out the best way forward, because then all of a sudden when the police are getting a bad rap. You're allowing this encampment to take place, this homeless encampment at Powderhorn Park, and there are all sorts of assaults taking place as a result of that. And then you get a bunch of beta males saying, well, I the I was attacked by uh, uh, two teenagers, and uh, I called police, but I, sh- I really shouldn't have done that because they're coming from a really bad, really bad place. So then you have some of the citizens feeling guilty for calling police to bring others to, to justice. So what a quagmire, and you know what? They are hoist of petard. They're, they're a hoist of their own petard on this, and uh, they they deserve it. Let's just say that. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. This desert wind. Burning my face again. God, I'm... AM 1280, The Patriot. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com. Imagine doing one thing that could give you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. I assume you would feel it was worth it. Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour through the land of Israel, October 2021. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. I'll introduce you to the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics of a truly remarkable nation. Walk the ancient temple steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee, and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. 
If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity. With expert guides and important lectures at key sites, we'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. To come with me to Israel in 2021, call 855-565-5519. That's 855-565-5519. Or book online at standwithisraeltour.com. Standwithisraeltour.com. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Imagine sharing a prayer request from your phone and seeing as those around the world take your request before God. The new Pray With Me prayer app will connect you with other Christians worldwide who have experienced the power of prayer and know the encouragement it can provide. Visit PrayWithMe.com to discover how your faith can grow when we pray without ceasing. Receive prayer. Pray for others at PrayWithMe.com. Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join. So visit am1280thepatriot.com today. Welcome back. AM1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Final segment of the broadcast, we do want to get to our next caller, Michael and Crystal. Michael, thank you for calling. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Yeah, how are you doing? I am well, thank you. Um, I've been uh, listening uh, of late to the Patriot, uh, trying to uh, get an idea of other people's opinions. Uh, one of the things that I hear lately the latest narrative is the defund the police movement. Now, obviously, teachers, uh, police officers, uh, civil servants like this, um, defunding is not a word that, you know, I want to hear. Sure. But the one thing I don't hear is the lack of understanding why people would actually say this and be of this opinion. When I saw uh, Castillo get shot and the officer crying at the scene and screaming, I mean, obviously, training is not being done properly. Correct. When I see the, um, the police uh, get more militaristic in their appearance mm-hmm. and in their actions and tactics in suburbia, you know, it's no wonder that people do not uh, get up in arms about this. Sure. And you guys might discuss this. Sure. I just don't hear it. Yeah, appreciate the call, Megan. No, that's, that's, that's an excellent point. And I think that is something that, Mayor Fry ran on 
when he was elected mayor in uh, 2017 is he was never about defunding the police, getting rid of the police, and he acknowledged the need for them. But, yeah, there needed to be serious changes, serious overhauls, and demilitarization. I don't know if that was on Mayor Fry's uh, platform, but I know it, it It absolutely has been talking about. It's particularly among you know the libertarians on our side talking about how, yeah, that that's just over the top and the demilitarization. Uh, that's not to be reserved for local police forces. And plus, and again, I'm not familiar with the legislative aspect of this, but from what I understand, in order to uh, get rid of uh, certain police officers, there's some there's some certain uh, law that has to be that has to be triggered or has to be passed through the state legislate uh, state legislature in order for the state to step in, because obviously police unions are you know, very powerful thing. And how you penetrate that, and as you know, and I know some progressives hate this term, uh, bad apples. But let's face it, there are some bad apples within the police department. How to root them out and get rid of them uh, with police unions having the influence that they do? Uh, that's a pretty tall order, pretty tall task, and that's going to take everybody coming together, including you know the head of these police unions. And I know uh, the head of the Minneapolis Police Union, Bob Kroll. He's had discussions with some prominent a- uh, activists. Uh, Reverend Tim Christopher, friend of the broadcast, has had some prominent discussions regarding this and how to build up more trust within the community because clearly that's one thing that's lost, that's fractured. I mean, no one can deny that. And what can the police do to, to build that up? And so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of discussion on that. One of the best discussions I heard on this, and I don't know if Michael's still listening, but one of the best discussions I heard on this, Jacko Willink, uh, appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast a couple months ago and addressed that very thing about the training and how that is sorely lacking in some police forces and what the minimum standards have to be to be met in order to make a pol- uh, to be on a police force. And it's sh- a shockingly low threshold in some cases. So uh, Jocko Willink appearing on the Joe Rogan podcast again a couple of months ago if you're if you're into that kind of thing, want to hear that perspective? That's that's well worth your time because he came forth with some very concrete solutions on what can be done to not only improve uh, the proficiency of police, but also build up that trust between police and community. Because you know, again, that's something that is sorely lacking. So thanks, Michael. I, I definitely appreciate the call. Um, only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, I do want to at least address this aspect of. Uh, the news, the COVID-19, obviously we are seeing an alarming number of new cases. I think we've set a four-day record for new coronavirus cases here in Minnesota. Uh, we just saw a news brief that Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka uh, had come down with, has tested positive for COVID-19, and this was in the aftermath of a of a dinner that was hosted back a little over a week ago, about a week and a half ago, where there was about 100, 150 people in attendance, and he may have had it then. Uh, That's not good. That's not good. And we saw a blurb from Dr. Michael Osterholm, who would probably be Joe Biden's chief advisor on addressing COVID-19 in a Biden administration. And he was talking about uh, shutting down businesses and paying people for lost wages for four to six weeks. And this is from a CNBC story that could help keep the coronavirus pandemic in check and get the economy on track until a vaccine is approved and distributed. Um, 
I respect Dr. Mike Osterholm as an epidemiologist, and if he thinks that that would keep it under control, being locked down for four to six weeks, that's one thing. But getting the economy on track when you're completely shutting everything down four to six weeks, uh, he's not an economist, and that would be a tall order. But I think where the government has failed in some of their lockdown mandates and their mask mandates and whatever is they themselves have been caught not following these. Governor Cuomo caught at a dinner party not wearing a mask. Governor Newsom had to Governor Newsom of California had to apologize for attending a dinner party where there's a, where there's a lot of people and they weren't wearing masks. And when Governor Walls last week basically pointed his finger at Minnesotans saying, you know what, your garage parties and your parties in your house, uh, that's just as big a spreader as these uh, as these other big gatherings, basically blaming the citizens for spreading COVID. And admittedly, people let their guard down because cases and deaths and whatever were starting to level off in the summer. But now that it's getting colder and people are spending more time indoors, it makes sense that a virus is going to be that much more contagious. But what really bothers me is government officials aren't taking aren't taking a long look in the mirror because they allowed social justice protests, these huge crush of people getting together in large numbers with no physical distancing and middling mask usage, and at worst, ignoring it and at best sanctioning it. But yet they turn around and want to demonize people having gatherings in their homes. So, yeah, the citizens let their guard down, but government officials need to take a long look in the mirror on why that happened as well. Folks, I've enjoyed it. Am twelve eight of the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Look forward to talking to you next week. Godspeed, my friends. Have a blessed week. With United Healthcare Medicare Advantage plans, there's so much to take advantage of, like zero dollar copays on hundreds of prescription drugs. Wow. Pick up at your local pharmacy or take advantage of free delivery. To learn more, visit AdvantageWow.com. Wow. Uh-huh. That's AdvantageWow.com. Zero dollar copay may be restricted to particular tiers, preferred medications, or mail order prescriptions during the initial coverage phase and may not apply during the coverage gap or catastrophic stage. Free delivery with preferred mail order pharmacies. Wow. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you. All you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Warning. Warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue 
to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Oh, yeah. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. AM 1280, the Patriot.